0: Hey everybody! Welcome to the PBC podcast. Mark and Steve here, coming at you. Looking forward to a nice, uh, awesome episode today. Um, we've got—we uh, actually just—we've not received a submission as we we're about to sit down and record. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> today yeah. that really stuck out to us among the submissions. And uh, like, what are we you know, going to talk about and,
1: today? And then here it comes.
0: Yeah, it—it it, it was just a really touching story. We're going to read this submission from a listener really quick. I will take out a few details to 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 keep things a little vague, uh, but we'll leave most of it in. So I'll I'll read that and then we'll, we'll jump right into today. This is what this is. This is from a spouse this is what she says. One year ago, I found my husband of almost, she's, they've been married for a couple of decades, has been addicted to porn our whole marriage. And he has racked up a large sum uh, of, of debt in the, you know, in the, in the tens of thousands of dollars that included uh, about $500 a month for Viagra cam girls and gambling. He has struggled with ED, or for those who don't know, erectile dysfunction for the last 10 years, and always gaslit me into thinking it was that, quote, I made him nervous, unquote, about performing. I begged him to tell me what was going on, but he denied it all. I have known about his porn use, but I did not know anything about porn-induced erectile dysfunction, and I had no idea he was depending on Viagra to be able to have sex with me. For a while after D-Day, he was able to perform without, but the last six months, we are back to erectile dysfunction. He denies using porn, but besides listening to our podcast, he has done nothing for true recovery. No program, no groups, no CSAT, or for those who haven't heard that term, a certified sex addiction therapist, that's one of my certifications, no disclosure, etc. He says he has not slipped once with porn or masturbation, but I find it hard to believe this quote unquote white knuckling approach is that successful. He has just admitted this year to being molested by a neighbor boy at, at a young age, but refuses to talk to anyone other than me. His parents knew about it, but never discussed it. I believe this is why he struggles with being emotionally unavailable and has used porn to numb his pain. He has gotten emotional once with me, but mostly is closed off to emotion. I know he needs to be needs to be the one to decide to truly lean into recovery. But since you are the only, and she emphasizes the word only people he listens to, can you do a podcast on what true recovery is, that it's not just avoiding porn. I don't want to leave him. But I'm pretty sure I'm starting. I'm standing in the middle of a volcano that will eventually explode again without help. Thank you for being the, that the one guidance we have. We can't afford your group. Uh, she's referring to our Dare to Connect program due to the debt uh, that he's racked up. But appreciate the 20 minutes a week that we have. Uh, and then she says jokingly, "I sure do miss the hour long uh, chat chats or the the old uh, <laughs> podcasts our longer podcasts we used to do." And then she says, "God bless." What a great message! What a what a touching message! What a heartfelt message! It's it's really really uh, hard to hear that, but we it's humbling, and we we do appreciate that there are those out there who find the podcast helpful, and and we know that our podcast is definitely unique, and that it does there are certain p- people that are only tuning in, you know, because of our past and addiction and, and for other reasons, and so we just we thank you for your patronage. We're grateful that you're here, and we want to really try to help this couple today.
1: Yeah, we. And we really related to what she was sharing, uh, yeah. both you know her her husband and all he's been through, and and her betrayal, and confusion, Absolutely. just her yearning <clears throat> for him to get help and for things to get better. We could just so relate to just pretty much everything she said. And as Steve and I were looking at that, we thought, you know, probably be good to <clears throat> talk about what keeps us stuck in addiction. And on, on the flip side of that, how do we get out of those stuck places? What does real recovery look like? We thought it would be really good to just do a discussion about that today. Yeah. You know, no, so as we were, yeah, Stephen, you and I were talking, you, the thing you listed at the top of the list, and I, I would have to agree with you. If we were to put the number one issue, uh, it would have to be shame. Mm. Right, this, this, this shame. All of the, all we, we all carry around shame. Every one of us, at various levels, um, you know, it comes from a whole variety of sources. But boy, when we look at addiction, <clears throat> we look at what originally drove us to those outlets. It is so often, in fact, virtually always attached to some form of shame that we were trying to soothe. Or escape, or avoid, or medicate, or cope with, mm-hmm. right? And, and and lo and behold, what shows up in this description? Sexually abused when he was five years old, yeah, and has never processed it or talked with anybody about it or or looked for help with it. And man, we we cannot we cannot overstate the shame that is heaped upon that little five year old, mm-hmm. that abuse takes place. You can't imagine the 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 gargantuan destruction that that creates in that little kid and then he carries that baggage with him for life yeah so this 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 shame that that causes us to feel unworthy like we don't measure up we're not enough i'm not okay i'll never be one of the good ones i'm never going to be in the you know the privilege circle you know the, the religious shame that comes along with it just all the ways that that we're we're inadequate and that we're, you know, that we we just we're we're missing pieces and parts of ourselves and we're we're never going to fit in. And man, does that drive addiction? Absolutely.
0: No, I I really I <clears throat> can can hear so much. I mean, I, I'm listening as I listen to the story that this listener wrote in, I mean, I I completely relate to this guy when she says he will not talk to anybody else. Mm. Um gosh, was I galvanized in that position. I just, I, my wife for years lovingly suggested, can we do counseling? Can we, can we, can you get you in a group? Can we do something? And I was so resistant and I was the height of hypocrisy. However bad off anyone else is, I was probably worse. I mean, I was a therapist who was doing what all day long, making a living off of telling people what to get help people get help, (laughs) open up, right? I mean, I'm the one teaching that. And here I am absolutely refusing, and I did it under the guise of, you know, I'm a therapist and I've, I've got this, you know, and there are reasons for that, and they're not just tied to shame. We're going to get into some of those here in a few minutes, but but the shame piece was definitely a piece of it, right? It was just this, I there was a part of me that had bought into the idea that I did not deserve healing, mm, Yes, that I was a bad person. That I had heard, I come from a, Jude, a very strong Judeo-Christian background. I know many of our listeners do as well. I I had concluded a long time ago, I got myself into this mess. It's my job to get
1: myself out. That's right. Yep. Right. Yep. And and you and you're coming from this place where so people say, Well, why wouldn't you get help? I mean, you were you were abused at age five. And I went through, you know, I could relate so much to what was shared about his situation. I too had tremendous abuse. You know, well before five, you know, age two, three, four, five, six, seven. And the reason that we won't talk about it and won't get help is because those those abusive events, that trauma shattered our sense of self, shattered mm-hmm. our self-respect, our self-worth, our confidence. And now to 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 risk going and actually telling someone about this horrible, shameful, despicable past of mine. It's like, okay, people don't accept me as it is. I I have trouble getting people to, you know, to, to please people and to feel affirmed and, and wanted and, you know, desired by people and to be considered smart and capable and competent. I can't risk blowing all that out of the water. I'm already a loser. Yeah. Why am I going to reveal all this? Yeah, right. Absolutely. So we have these fragile, fragile senses of self that we're the part of us is just not willing to risk coming out into the open because it means what little tiny credibility i have left among my family and and friends and coworkers, workers et etc is just going to be obliterated well and that's a good point that's a good time
0: to we're, gonna, we're actually going to skip the next bullet point for just a second because this next the, the one i want to mention is is very close to what we're talking about here with shame it's Mark and I were talking about this before the program and we look back on ourselves and, you know, this context of what makes a good recovery plan and what are the obstacles for for me. And I see this with guys all the time. I know that when, when I got into a group for, for recovery, I, I didn't get into a group to get better. By the time I was willing to get help, it was coming from a place of trying to keep my marriage together for just a little longer mm. Yes. If I can keep this going just a little longer, because I I'd already given up on the idea that I could really change. And it was such a weird place to be because, again, as a therapist, I saw people change. I was helping them do it. <laughs> but I had somehow concluded in my brain that this will work for other people, but this will not work for Steve. I This is just kind of my lot in life, whether it's because of this is justice, because of the things I've done, or whatever the case may be, right? That different thinking here is playing a role of, uh, and And it was coupled with this idea of to me recovery was just an impossibility because again, I'd seen it for everybody else, but when it came to application for me, it was just it was just it was a world that did not exist, and so it it was kind of a shame but almost way past shame where I just I operated in a completely different paradigm, right, and even grappling with the concept that maybe I could be better, maybe I could be deserving of recovery, maybe I maybe I am not as bad as I think, right? That whether it comes to the shame piece or whether you find yourself in maybe even that more galvanized place of just never having experienced it, one of the key ways out of this, guys, is cultivating and and, and trying to plant just a little bit of a seed of maybe I am not as smart as my brain thinks I am. Maybe I am more than I realize a little bit in, it's a movie reference for those who know the movie, but. Maybe I am living a little bit more of the Truman Show than I realize. Maybe the, the paradigm that I've built up around myself, what if it's not accurate? What if I'm worth, worth more than my addiction has taught me? What yeah. if I'm worth more than my trauma has taught me?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and it's easy to see how we get, you know, what do we call this? We call it terminal uniqueness. Yes. I'm unique in all the world, right? Uniquely bad and perverted and hopeless and what pathetic or whatever and what happens in and that terminal uniqueness where does it come from it comes from the abuse of the past we had we had adults and grown-ups and others that we looked up to who crushed us they crushed our self-esteem they crushed our self-worth and they convinced us that we weren't worth anything and so that uniqueness it carries with us <clears throat> and then we go to these outlets these addiction outlets of various shapes and sizes to to cope with that crushed state Right With, with how, how we've been just destroyed in our self-worth, we go and try to soothe it and cope and escape and avoid. And we, that's where we get into the place of what we call inevitability. It's inevitable that I will always return to these outlets. It's inevitable that I will never be able to break free. And the thing is, what do I base that on? What I base it on, and here's a real key for everybody listening, I base that this is inevitable, that I'll never get out, based on all of my efforts that I have tried by myself. Yes. And I keep failing, going it alone, right? Another one, Steve, that you and I put up here was, either I can handle this just fine, or God, here was mine, God and I got this. Why did I say God and I got this? Because then I don't have to tell anybody. Sure. It was too shameful. It was too embarrassing. It was too awkward. It was too vulnerable. So I'll just keep trying to do this on my own. And then when I keep failing on my own, I get to the place of inevitability. I'll never be able to break out of this. And you know what? That statement is absolutely true. Listen to what I just said. I will never be able to break out of this. You know what? You are, that was completely accurate. I will never be able to break out of this alone, alone. No way. But, but what's, and so what's the solution to that? You've uh, guys, and I know, man, anybody listening who's isolated right now, what Steve and I are saying is the most terrifying, scary thing imaginable, truly saying you've got to dip your toe, at least dare to dip your toe in the water of we opening up someone opening up to someone getting involved with some sort of support. That's not you just by yourself and not just you and your spouse or partner either some outside system, can you dare to risk it? Can you dare to put aside your trauma and your ego and the resistance and say, I've, I've got to move at least in some small way from me to we, from I to us, or this inevitability is going gonna, is gonna to stay here.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, I'm sitting here thinking about this listener and her husband as we're talking, you know, and, and I know that many guys find themselves in that same place of, of you know, they're they're resistant, they're they're will not willing to open up, but they're I, I mean we, we just we really do beg and plead with you. If there was another way to do it, we would
1: tell you. We would. Um there's we, just we, we tried all of them. <laughs> we did.
0: We we literally did, we tried everything. And recovery just does not happen in a vacuum. Uh, for those who have not yet watched it, there's a really great YouTube uh video by uh, a researcher and an author. His name is Johan Hari and he does a really great tech talk about how the opposite of addiction is connection. And we would definitely encourage those of you who are listening to give that a give that a watch if you haven't seen it already. It's about 15 minutes long. Talks a little bit more about this topic, but but it doesn't, guys, recovery just it just does not happen in a vacuum. And so please 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 we hope that you will entertain the idea and 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 look at it if nothing else from a practical point of view. As my sponsor told me once and this is kind of where my brain this is what resonated for Steve's brain. You can keep trying to do this alone, or you can start calling me and reaching out to me and utilizing me. And if you do that, what's the worst case scenario? He's like, I think you should just try it. Because at the end of the day, you can always just have your misery back.
1: You can always have your misery back, yeah. And
0: now, he, now he hung up on me on the phone we were on at the time for, for emphasis. It was kind of a mic drop, but it's true. Right. Oh, and
1: it's the old if you keep if we keep doing what we're doing, we're gonna keep getting what we're right. getting. So maybe it's time to to dare to try something different. Absolutely. Right. And again, we know how scary that is. We do. Terrifying. I resisted that for decades. Mm-hmm. No, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna take this to the grave. I'm gonna go it alone. And that was my shame speaking, right? Another side of this that's and this one was like crazy, insanely hard for me to hear it was the whole thing when i was confronted by it. i remember who, if it was a mentor or another psychologist i was a therapist by this point and he looked at me and he said mark you're a really capable competent amazing guy in a lot of ways but there's a few areas where you're really immature you're immature <clears throat> <clears throat> and there's there's a, there's a little bit of laziness there's a lack of work ethic in certain areas he says, you're a really hard worker in all these other places but with this thing there's this kind of you're you're kind of addicted to instant gratification. You never really learned delayed gratification, did you? And I said, "No, nobody taught it to me." The only way anybody told me to cope was, right? If you touch yourself you're going to hell, right? Yes. Like, don't do that. Or right it was never anybody sat down and said, "You know, let's talk about well what what happens when you have urges come to you or temptations or whatever. Uh, um let's talk about how to manage that, channel it, direct it." Nobody ever did that. Yep. Either no or right. And when I, when I tried the rigid, you know, clamp down on myself, you know, grip my teeth, clench my fists. And when it would finally exhaust me and I would give in to go to my outlet. So, cause I felt relief in that moment to not have to keep up the fight. I just got into that place where delayed gratification for what, why bother? Mm-hmm. So for me, that's, you know, a lot of us, that immaturity starts way back when Where, for example, at age five, if you were sexually abused, there's very it's it's almost assured that some part of you, some part of your brain, was frozen in its maturing and evolving at that point. Yes, doesn't mean you're not capable and competent in a whole bunch of other ways, but in that thing, you you were stunted, you were you were stopped, right? I like the word "damned," like a like a dam that holds back water. Yeah, you were frozen in that area of your maturity, and and you've not come out of it since i'm a lot well, got stuck at age 13 yeah addiction hits big true. time and sometimes now i find myself going mark that's what how, that's how a 13 year old would think what are you doing
0: <laughs> no it's true it's true <laughs> and and guys going to the solution side of this there are ways to I, i've actually worked with some clients over the years where this has actually been really helpful where we what do we do to help k- compensate for that we start where you're at and we begin to practice delayed gratification. Mm-hmm. And it may not even start with addiction recovery. Maybe it starts with, for example, intermittent fasting. Maybe it's a diet thing. Maybe you plan skipping a meal a, a, a week. Or you plan, you know, only drinking soda on the weekends. Or, I mean, there are lots of different ways you could... Um, I myself, and this is going to sound silly, but I myself still practice this, by the way, with myself a little bit. Sometimes when I have a really hard... Um, something to tackle with work that I just don't want to do. <laughs> I will throw a reward in front of that. All right. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm a younger guy. I'm a gamer at heart, at least part of me. I get to do some ex- extra Xbox time this week. I'm going to play an hour of Xbox if I can get this stuff knocked out and done. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I will practice those little things, right? Start wherever you're at and begin to develop out that skill because what you're trying to teach your brain is that I can be in pain and I won't explode. I won't die. Right. Being in pain won't kill me. Right. And that's, that's what we're trying to learn. That's what we're trying to develop out. And then
1: you build from there, right? You start doing that in different ways. And you take that same approach. If we're talking, what does real recovery look like? I take that same baby step approach and I say, you know what? I'm going to dare, I'm going to dare to go to a 12 step meeting. Maybe I'll just go, go to a 12 step meeting online Yep. and I'll tap into the meeting through my phone and I'll just listen. Yep. I'm just going to listen. That's that's my daring that my daring move right now is to just attend. Go and lie if you have to.
0: I'm not a fan. We're not a fan of being deceptive, but if that's what I mean, that's what I did. In my first meeting, I was Joe and I was visiting. Yeah. That, that, that was me. I was Joe for like the first month. I attended meetings.
1: Yeah, right, whatever gets you in the door. You've got to get. You've got to make the first step and get some momentum. Right. Um, This this whole unwillingness to be vulnerable, right? This this certain areas of immaturity and 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 laziness and and lack of willingness to do the work. Would you just get started? Yep. Right? Dare. To, what what is the old saying? Twenty seconds of insane courage can change your life.
0: I love that phrase. There's
1: a lot of truth to that, right? There is. There
0: and absolutely so, is. Yeah, yeah. I I love that. I so you start that. where you're at, guys. We're we're not going to, we would never sit here and just tell you, well, just be different. I mean, these, and we really do connect with the reality for this gentleman and for others. There are reasons why you do what you do.
1: Absolutely. Right.
0: There are reasons why you find yourself caught in the place that you are. Um, the ED discussion is a whole other discussion. We did a podcast several weeks ago that kind of covered that and how age plays a role into that and the biology of that. I can't remember the the, the title of it off the top of my head, but we'd encourage uh, this listener to go back and listen to that because we cover that more in detail and some of the possible reasons and things for that. But with regard to this change, guys, uh, we just we hope that we're leaving a message for this gentleman and for anyone else listening. If Mark and I can do it, truly anybody can do this. Without question. You really can. We 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 are not we are experts in this in part because of training and because of we make it our business to be really good at what we do. But the main reason why we're experts at it the main reason why I think we're good at what we do—not to speak for Mark, but I'll speak for myself—is because we just did it all the wrong, all, all the wrong, dysfunctional ways. Absolutely. <laughs> Honestly, we just stumbled around for years and years and years, doing it all the wrong ways. Yep. Don't reinvent the wheel, as we say all the time, please. And we know and connect with this couple and and the financial issues that they are facing, but we're reaching out. We want to extend the invite to any of you as well. If you like what you hear on this podcast, if you find it to be helpful. For the cost of a therapy session or two a, uh, a month, depending on where you live, maybe even less depending on where you live, you can have access to nearly 25 hours of content a month, uh, discounts on upcoming retreats. Uh, we'll talk more about that another time as we develop that out. Uh, weekly support sessions with other addicts and partners that are facilitated by myself, Mark, or, our, or, or, or the, the female facilitator that we've hired. We run and regulate those groups. Let, take your recovery to the next level come join us at dare to connect uh, you can find more info there at daretoconnectnow.com along with the two week free trial. Give it a shot see what you think we'd love you if you try it, you invest in it we're confident you'll stay
1: so yeah so I guess our our party message is there's there is enormous hope in all of this yes but there is there's also it takes it takes just a little bit of boldness it takes a little bit of Standing up for yourself as, as, as a person in addiction and saying, I am just damn tired of staying stuck here. I deserve for me to stick up for myself. I Do I want
0: to, to keep feeling this way?
1: Yeah, I deserve to stand my ground finally. I deserve, I deserve better than this. And, and damn it, I'm going to take a risk and I'm going to make a few steps in the direction of recovery. I'm going to attend a group. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to find myself a therapist. I'm going to, whatever it is for you, just make the move, get the thing started, right? The first law of physics, an object in motion tends to stay in motion. Well, an addict in recovery who will take some steps to get moving on that track will tend to stay on that track, but you've got to get started. You've got to take the risk.
0: Last point we should probably bring up as we wrap up here is that we know that one of the things that was mentioned is that this guy does have a fair amount of sobriety now, and he's probably, and it sounds like to some degree, he's kind of bought into the idea while well, I'm sober. So what's the problem? Please, please trust us when we tell you that the issues that drive addiction are very powerful. Um, addiction, as they say in 12 step is a, is cunning power, a baffling and powerful. And there are real reasons why sane, competent, good men and women engage in really dysfunctional destructive behavior that goes contrary to their authenticity on all sorts of levels. Um, We are, we think that that's awesome that you've got the sobriety that you've got. And we totally applaud you for that. Please don't make the mistake mistake of buying into if there's no fire here, then there must not be smoke and there must not be a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, There, what the, what, what this wife said about this being a volcano and kind of a Vesuvius or a time bomb waiting to go off is, Sadly, probably pretty accurate. Please take the time and and put in the energy, guys, not just to find the sobriety, because that at the end of the day is important and critical. And that's one of the things that we all want. But at the end of the day, guys, that's symptomology management. We don't, we're we're not, recovery is not about finding a better medicine to mask the cold,
1: it's about curing the cold. Yep. And that's and what we want to help And and with. the thing is if this, this guy has some solid sobriety, that's the opportune time now Absolutely. to be able to walk through that door to get to the deeper issues. Totally. The totally. the addiction's a symptom. You've got the symptom managed, it sounds like. Now let's now let's take that as the opportunity to do the real work, the deep work. Otherwise this this the symptomology is gonna keep coming back.
0: It will. Or in a worse or fashion. In
1: a, in another form. I know the gambling okay. was mentioned here, for example. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes, makes sense.
0: Yeah. So we've got to map that out. Got to figure that out. Awesome, yeah. guys. Well, thank you so much again for letting us to come into your home every week for 15 to 20 minutes a week. We so appreciate you. We do hope you'll join us at Dare to Connect. If you do have, um, and again, you can find info on uh, that at daretoconnectnow.com. If you do have questions that you'd like briefly answered here on the podcast that we're always happy to do, to address in, a again, a brief fashion, uh, you can write us at uh, PBSEpodcast.com. There's a contact form down at the bottom. We love to get questions, feedback, thoughts, anything from you. Um, it's always a joy to hear from our listeners. We're now in, a, I think Mark mentioned today, 177 countries. Um, yeah. Out of the yeah. 193 on planet Earth. That's incredible. We're going to be coming up on half a million downloads next month. We just appreciate your patronage. And uh, it's always gratifying to hear the ways in which the podcast is helping you. your, your success, yeah. So Yeah.
1: All right, right, everybody. Thanks for being here with us, and uh, we'll catch you next time on PBSE. Take care, everybody.
0: Everything expressed on the PBSE podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or desire to harm others, Please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.